just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another a special edition of the Marcus Show. Bro, I am your host, as I am every single time, Marcus himself. And as always, I am brought to you with my partner in crime, my number two, the Vinny Testaverde to my Leroy Horde, Ryan. Ryan, buddy, how's it going? Great, Mark. It's <laughs> still trying to wake up, obviously, but mm-hmm. I like that old Browns uh, 90s <laughs> comparison right there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Former Heisman winner. <laughs> and uh, we bust out the Browns because, and, and the reason we're doing it, we're recording Saturday morning, putting it out Saturday morning. Uh, NFL draft kind of has taken over the world. Uh, we watched the first round together, um, and we were talking yes. when, when we were together, Ryan, that isn't it crazy how, like, there's other real sports going on, but the world kind of seems to stop for the yeah. NFL draft? It's weird. I know. NFL draft, it's just, it's so much fun to watch. Like, the first, like even, the, like, the second and third rounds, who's like especially this year, and well, obviously you can find like this, you know, a, you can get a day one starter in like the second or third round too. Like there are still re- some really good players. Like, yeah, a- absolutely. The fir- and- this year's first round was just exciting. Like it just never seemed to stop. It was, it was, it was because, awesome. Because you didn't know what to expect because mm-hmm. there was no like up and away like this elite elite like. There was no Trevor Lawrence in this year's like yeah. class. There's no thing, you know? no clear cut dude, which I think made it more fun because we even went into the very first overall pick, not knowing what it, what, what was going to happen, and then the dominoes fall from there, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna look into the first round, kind of group some of these together, and and look at some of our thoughts and things like that. Look at some of the major trades, all that kind of stuff. Uh, before we obviously start to lean in towards what our own teams did. So. Um, like I just mentioned, that first pick right. overall to Jacksonville, um, you know, no one really knew what they were going to go. The pick comes in, and it's Trayvon Walker from uh, Georgia, okay, the defensive pass rusher. Um, Their defense had dogs on Like, no pun intended, but they had a bunch <laughs> of dogs. They did. They did. So what did you think about Walker going number one overall? Well, you know, this is – I don't want to call it a weak class because I think there are a lot of really good players, but, like, you just didn't – there's just no, like, up-and-away guy who you knew was going to be their number one. And mm-hmm. I know some people were like, oh, he only had 16 tackles and, like, five sacks, so why is he going number one sort of thing? But, mm-hmm. you know, he's got the talent. And I know – I think defensive linemen are kind of hard because you you, you got to take tackles as, like, a grain of salt. I think it's more about, like, getting pressured. Like, are they in the backfield constantly sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
Jacksonville, they're in, they're in a unique situation to where they got their quarterback. Um, you know, they made some moves in free agency. They re-signed at least one lineman in Cam Robinson, but now they're trying to, you know, amp up their defense sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah, and, and everything I've heard about it and everything that I've seen from Trayvon Walker is the, the upside with him is different. So, like, there may have been because of scheme things at Georgia, he may have right. not been able to just turn loose uh, and stuff like that. And, so, and, and Like we just talked about, they had so many dogs on that defense. Maybe mm-hmm. he was just getting overshadowed by, like – you heard more about Jordan Davis than you heard more about him. And, you exactly. know, Jordan Davis was still a first-round pick, but Jordan Davis is a huge human being. I've never seen a human. That oh, absolutely, big. yeah. Um, after after and Trayvon move as well as he can too. Exactly. After Trayvon goes number one, I've never seen another pick in the first round, especially number two, get turned in that fast. It was like Trayvon Walker was picked, and then oh, like yeah. ten seconds later, Detroit's pick is in with Aiden Hutchinson, um, from Michigan. Uh. You, this this pick to Michigan makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. Right. The hometown kid, he stays in the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's without the safest pick. I'm just, you know, you can call me an Ohio State homer all you want. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm just going off some of the things I've read from scouts. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, like, he had really good technique. He, I guess he doesn't have long arms, which is an issue if you're a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a part of the reason he had such a great season last year because he was just like a man among boys. But yeah. I think he's going to be a very productive player. He may not be like this elite, like 15-plus sack-a-year guy mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but I, I think Detroit's got themselves a good player. They made two great picks, and we'll get to who their second first-round pick was here in just a second. But Yeah, uh, everything I've seen is, is the bend with him is not always great. Uh, like his – if you look right. at a guy like you know, he, he I don't had four and a half sacks after, after three years. Yeah. Like, you know, he really put it together his senior year, but I, I, I feel like people are just missing that. It's kind of like, well, what, I mean, he didn't have any, 2020 was such a weird year because of COVID. I don't know if he had COVID or missed some games. So I'm willing to give him a pass for that year. Cause that's just a weird year for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but you know, he had four and a half sacks in 2019. And then as a freshman, he well probably didn't play all that much, but I'm just yeah. wondering, I'm like, like, what was up with his production those first couple of years, though? Like, yeah. did something just finally click for him his senior year? or mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah, everything I've seen, like you said, the arms being able to get separation. Um, mm-hmm. But there's there's one thing you can't take away is, is is the motor. I mean, the motor's there for him. You know that he's driven. You know that he's going to go out and try right. to make it better. He's going to make the team better. Um, and, and I think that it – it right. can't be underappreciated that he's now going to be with Dan Campbell, who is also a high motor guy. Um, so yeah. uh, and he's in, he's going to be in a place where everyone already loves him, sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it's it's yeah. like a, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. So, so if he were to struggle, like maybe right out the gate, you know, people aren't going to turn on him real quick, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, grace for growth kind of thing. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, we then get three and four back to back cornerbacks taken. Um, not in the order that we thought they were going to go in. So Houston takes Derek no. Stingley from LSU at third overall. And then we get Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati going fourth overall to the Jets. Um, five, we yeah, get. I was really shocked to see Stingley go three to Houston. Yeah, me too. Five, we get Kayvon Thibodeau. So I want to group all three of them together for a specific reason. Um, because. We saw a guy who came into this year in Thibodeau who was projected number one overall, 
and he was almost the opposite of what mm-hmm. of what we're seeing with Hutchinson, where Hutchinson may not be the best athlete out there, but the motor has been able to pick him up. Where Kayvon, right. high athleticism, low motor, um, and you get Stingley. Who, right, you, there, there are a lot of guys like him too. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Thibodeau. He's been away. To, he's been able to get away with just being this freak athlete that maybe he doesn't always have to put the work in. Where a guy like Hutchinson, he always has to sort of mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. Uh, you get Stingley at three, like you said. Shocking. Yeah, it brings up because you know he was great his freshman year, mm-hmm. and I, I guess he didn't play in twenty twenty. Just did he opt out because of COVID? He did, yeah. So Stingley didn't play because of COVID in twenty twenty. So he was a freshman in twenty nineteen. Didn't play in twenty twenty. Came back in twenty twenty one, and then got injured. Like I think three games in, maybe four games in. He did not play the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, I. That's just so weird. He he must have he must have he must have known he was going to address. It. He probably just kind of milked it, especially mm-hmm. when because LSU had a terrible season. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he just comes kind of like I'm just going to focus on the draft and just he made a business decision in my opinion. But mm-hmm. you know the talents, you know they're banking on like the talent sort of thing. He's maybe similarly to like you know a Kevon Thibodeau, like you know he's got the talent, but it's like can he stay healthy? Or is he willing to, you know, put in that work sort of thing? Like, Houston's banking on him to be that guy sort of thing. Like, yeah. And, and we'll see with a guy like Sauce Gardner, who was really good. Like, we'll see if, oh, did they make the mistake of, you know, taking him over Gardner or, yeah. You know. I, I, I love Gardner and I don't like the, so the biggest thing with Gardner coming out, never been scored on in, in college football. Like, the guy that he's had on him has never scored a touchdown. And, I hate right. the argument of he's in the AAC though. No, like, that's who's he, you know, it's like, who's he covering? I hate that argument, Ryan, and, and I'm going to tell you why because it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter that go for it. It, it, it that is true. It's impressive enough because look, that, he had to cover Jamison Williams in the mm-hmm. uh, championship or the playoff game. So it's yeah. not like he hasn't matched up with a receiver like that before. Yeah, and he's he's just so good that they just don't look to his side, and so like. Once he gets right. the speed of, of NFL football down, now obviously he's going to get scored on the NFL, but he's still going to be one of these lockdown dudes Absolutely. that just shuts down a half of the field. He's a pretty long and like big and long corner mm-hmm. sort of thing, isn't he? he he's is. like six yes. feet tall, isn't he? Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's almost like a Richard Sherman, or Sherman was a pretty big corner too. Mm-hmm. He's like got he, uh, he get physical because, you know, in that division, he's going to have to be covering Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. Yes. Uh, Patriots don't really have a receiver right now, but no, they don't. Have or they did there. draft that Baylor guy, but uh, he's got a thirty-three and a half inch arm wingspan. So like, his arms are long. I mean, he's got long, long arms. He, he can get nice. up. Yeah. So, um, so we see Gardner go. Stingley. I, before we move on, the one last thing I want to say on Stingley is this: mm-hmm. I worry that, and not worry. I should say. I guess the worry comes more because of the fact that I love college football so much. Like it's, it is literally my favorite sport and level at, at, of all time. Mm-hmm. I I'm going to hate if this is now the roadmap for different kids that are just like, I can have a really, really good year and then sit out two years and not play because I know I'm going to the NFL and I hope the NIL kind of gets rid of that mm-hmm. a little bit because I don't want this to be a thing where you're right. looking around and you get a dude who is awesome at early on as a freshman sophomore and then he just sits 
because he knows he's going to be a top pick. You know what I mean? And they're taking her. I remember talent. like after like the, the, the in the 2020 season with COVID when he had like, you know, Jamar Chase opted out that year yeah. and there were probably a couple other guys. And, you know, I remember reading articles. Oh, this is going to be the new normal. Guys aren't just going to want to play because you remember dating back to like 2013 where there were rumors that Jadavion Clowney was just going to sit out his mm-hmm. junior year just to, mm-hmm. you know, just because he didn't want to get hurt sort of thing. And I'm like, you know, and just because he knew he was going to be a top pick. He's like, well, why should I play if I, you know, I could risk getting injured and I could fall in the draft. And I'm like, well, how are you going to get better by not playing football? Like, yes. You know, yes. it's like, you can't just sit and say, oh, I, I just don't want to get injured. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to play eventually. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're like, I feel like if you play with the mindset that you're not going to get hurt, I feel like you're going to get hurt sort yes. of thing. Yes. Like, the men, you know, you just got to go play sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I think NIL does help with that because guys can, you know, they can still make some money. So if they were to get to hurt financially, it wouldn't be as big of a blow as it mm-hmm. would have been in the past sort of thing. But yes. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do agree. I I hope it, it doesn't ever turn into that. Like it, I mean, it very well could be. Like I don't have any issue with guys opting out of bowl games. Like no, me either. That's I, fine. I've gotten way over that actually. Like when the the big one for me was when uh, McCaffrey did it at Stanford, and I, I mean, was, he was like, like the first guy to really do it. Yes, and I was like, man, this sucks. I really want to watch Christian. And then I remember like, oh shoot, this guy's about to go make a lot, a lot of money. So yeah, it doesn't right. matter that he's opting out. Well, they made a rule for um, you know that Michigan tight end Jake Butt. He yes. tore his ACL in mm-hmm. like the Orange Bowl, and he was he probably been a, a first or second round second round pick most likely. Yeah. And because that he dropped like the fifth round, so they made a rule so if like you would get hurt, so it wouldn't hurt you like financially, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I yeah. forget like what the entirety of the rule is, but it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we then get a little bit of a run six seven. I'm going to skip eight because I want I want to lump pick number eight in with a, a larger uh, right. topic, but we get six Carolina, Akeem Aquanu. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Offensive tackle from NC state. Um, the giants get Evan Neal, the monster tackle from Alabama. Uh, and then at nine Seattle gets Charles cross from Mississippi state. Um, three big offensive linemen. I don't know if we want to talk a ton on it. Uh, I already kind of mentioned that my one thing is that uh, I like, um, I like the size of Neal. And if you watch Neil going one-on-one mm-hmm. with uh, uh, old buddy from Georgia, Walker, um, he, he does a really, really yep. good job. So that tells you that he can go up against, like, elite pass rushers. Uh, and then Carolina getting uh, uh, Akeem. Um, that guy can move downfield. Like, like he can – I've seen a couple screens that they've set up where he can just – he can move pretty quick. So – uh, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on these offensive tackles. I love offensive linemen being taken. I think it's awesome. I think for a team like the Giants, the fact that they landed Thibodeau and Evan Neal in the top, like that is a huge win. Like I feel like they could not have come out better than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in a unique situation because, you know, they declined Daniel Jones's fifth-year option. So they, this is pretty, we can pretty much get, guarantee that this is Daniel Jones's final year in New York, unless if he mm-hmm. has like, some crazy breakout season sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, so i think they're building a foundation for like their next their next quarterback by they're getting him a lot you know an offensive tackle sort of thing because i know they drafted andrew thomas in 20 or 2020 he hasn't mm-hmm. been all that great but yeah 
Yeah, it, that would make you sense. Know. I mean, especially in a draft that is not yeah, super. Linemen aren't heavy. sexy picks, but they're probably like a smart pick, like down the line. Like always. I always find it hard to get excited for an offensive lineman, but mm-hmm. they're always usually smart picks. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Um, so we get the Falcons at eight, and I skipped them for a good reason. So they end up taking Drake mm-hmm. London, wide receiver from USC. I we then get 10, 11, and 12. So we see within about five picks this insane run on wide receivers going. Okay. So let me run through this real quick and then we'll give our thoughts on it. We get London uh, to the Falcons at eight. We then get 10, Garrett Wilson, the guy I think everybody thought was going to go number one to the Jets. Um, yeah. 11, we get his former teammate, Chris Olave. Uh, going to New Orleans. New Orleans traded up to get that pick. Um, so kind yeah. of coming after that one. And then we get their old teammate right? and Jamison Williams from Alabama going to Detroit uh, and Detroit mm-hmm. trading back up to get Jamison. So, Ryan, the only thing I want to start with is this. London going first blows my mind. And, and like you are with Hutchinson, I'm going to be a little bit of a Notre Dame homer with this pick. Okay. The guy did not show he could get like crazy away from different corners. He just had like this massively big frame that he could he's go huge. up and get balls. And everybody, everybody likes to bring up, oh, he's, he's, you know, he can catch contest, contested balls. And oh, he had more, I think he had like a more contested catches than like Garrett Wilson at some point. Now, separation is more important for a mm-hmm. receiver. Like, Mm-hmm. You can't catch a contested ball when you're beating the corner. Like that's what makes Cooper Cup so good. Like I think people overrate certain things as a receiver. Like they, they want these guys who are like six foot five can run like a four three, you know, mm-hmm. just out jump everyone. But in reality, if you can just get open, that's all you really need. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think London's got the potential because he's got like the size of like you know Mike Evans sort of thing. I think his size is what really intrigued was really intriguing compared to like someone like Garrett Wilson. But yeah. yeah, I'm a little suspicious on like how he'll turn out too, because I mean, he was like USC's only guy. So, that, you know, they were just constantly targeting him because his stats were, you know, really like, it almost looked like he was like stat padding with like yeah. everything he was doing. And he's coming off an ankle injury too, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see how that works. I mean, Atlanta needed receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I just, I don't, and they do because Calvin really is going to be out. I just don't understand not going Garrett Wilson there because, right. I, and again, that may just be biased. I've watched the only team I watch more than Notre Dame is the Buckeyes because they're just always on here. Right. So like, and I'm going to watch lots of Ohio State. Fans yes. Too. So I'm going to watch a lot of Buckeye games. Garrett Wilson is insane. Yeah. And like Olave, like Garrett Wilson is more of the complete guy. Olave yeah. is more of the smooth speed guy that can like, you know, get they into space. They complement each other really well. They do. They both do a lot of like the same things, but Wilson is a bet. Wilson can do a little more of an Olave. Wilson, you know, he's, he can catch contested balls. Everybody always points to that uh, catch he made against Clemson when he mm-hmm. got up. Yeah. You know, um, he, he's, a, he's a lot faster than what you think. I, I know his speed was kind of a negative about him, but he ran like a four three at the combine, mm-hmm. which was like, a lot of people weren't expecting that. And I, I do know the other thing was someone said he, he wasn't a great blocker because he's not the biggest guy, but I think he can work on that. But yeah. he just gets open. He doesn't, he's got great hands. You know, I thought the Jets were going to take him at four, actually. Because I, I did see some mock drafts. I yeah. Mean, the Jets killed this draft. With, the Jets did do really, really good. They, we'll, they, yeah. We'll they, get they, to that more here, too. Um, but, do you think do you think New Orleans traded up to get Olave because they felt like they needed to do they want a guy to compliment Mike Thomas, which I don't know if Mike I'm of the mindset that Mike Thomas will not be a saint. 
moving forward. I just I feel don't. like they would have traded him by now if because uh, he didn't reach. He didn't restructure his contract a little okay. bit, open up some more. And okay. I think we've forgotten how good he was because he had a, an injury-filled 20, 2020, mm-hmm. and then he decided he had ankle because he he tried he played like a bad ankle at the end of twenty twenty, and then he had surgery in the offseason. And I guess there was some sort of because Michael Thomas loves Twitter, mm-hmm. and someone said like he opted for surgery, and New Orleans didn't want him to. It was a little weird, like with the whole like decision to get surgery sort of thing, yeah. and I think he he was supposed to be back by like mid season, and I don't. And then they decided just to shut it down. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what was, whether he, he had like some setbacks and while well, rehabbing or anything like that. But mm-hmm. you know he's missed basically a whole year and a half, and I think you've almost forgotten how good he is. But they yeah. besides him, they didn't have any other receivers last year. Like, mm-hmm. and New Orleans, in all honesty. They probably had the worst injury, Jameis tearing his ACL, because they almost made the playoffs last year. And you look at their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Olave definitely compliments Thomas. Thomas is your underneath, you know, he's your all he does is run slants, remember. Slant God. Slant God, yeah. <laughs> but Olave can now beat you over the top. He, he's going to help. He's gonna, he compliments Michael Thomas very well. Yeah. And New and Orleans I think, loves those Ohio State guys. But, yeah, so. I think having I think having Jameis Winston there too, like Jameis Winston showed that within a good system that's not making him to force throws. And if he has two good weapons, he can blow up. Like he can go for a lot of, a lot of yards in a season. Right. I just hope like, you know, cause we almost get Sean Payton just retired, but can mm-hmm. they continue like the system he had in place? Cause they did keep Dennis Allen. So. Yeah. And Detroit might have gotten the best wide receiver overall yeah. in the class. He just slid because of the ACL and right. Jameson Williams. Like that guy is a freak. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is. Because he's he can be he's a you know he can beat you over the top he he's a good route runner he's almost he's almost like he's the closest thing to Tyree Kill in this draft and he, yes. and he he's he's a little bigger too I think he's like six feet tall yeah um, but speedy very yeah. speedy it sounds like he's going to be ready for training camp that's what he said like mm-hmm. he's modern medicine is great like these ACL injuries because mm-hmm. you know guys are coming back seem like sooner and sooner but Detroit is also doing a great job of they're building you know. They have a great offensive line because they drafted Sewell last year. You know, they got a defense, you know, their pass rusher and Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. They already have Amara St. Brown. Is that Amon Ra. Uh, Amon Ra, thank you. Yeah. St. Brown. Now you team them up with Jamison Williams. Well, and they have and Swift, too. They already have a good line. They got two good backs in DeAndre yeah. Swift and Jamal Williams. And I guess they're still rolling with Jared Goff. And Jared Goff's not terrible. So, I think Detroit, I think will be a lot better this year. Yeah. And they fight. They fight their asses off. I, I, they, I love. Yes. I love Dan Campbell. Like I am in love with Dan Campbell. Oh yes, those guys play hard for him. Yeah. Um, and Detroit's doing the one thing that the Bears really aren't doing is they're doing a better job of building around for their potential. Because Jared Goff's not going to be their guy forever. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it's clear that the fact that they didn't draft anybody in the first three rounds tells me that they're going to at least have Goff for one or two more seasons at least mm-hmm. depending on how they could draft the guy next like his replacement next year similarly to what well the titans did with drafting malik willis or the yeah. falcons of getting desmond ritter um like you know guys who won't start right away but they'll sit behind mario and Tannehill. exactly um, but i think detroit did a really good job you know mm-hmm. give him a big playmaker in uh jameson williams and they already have some guys oh and they have tj hawkinson too like he's a really good tight end Yes. Like yeah. they got some dudes on offense now. Um, after the run of wide receivers, we get uh aforementioned Jordan Davis to the Eagles 
yeah. uh, guy that just eats up humans. I mean, he eats up like two or three blockers at a time. It's insane. Um, just massive person that has really good feet. And then I knew we're sitting there. Ryan, it was almost like a premonition. We're sitting there, and the number 14 pick comes up. And the number one guy I didn't want to go to Baltimore was yeah. Kyle oh, Hamilton. Oh, we talked about that. Like we, we saw it. I was like, please, somebody take Kyle Hamilton before he gets to 14 mm-hmm. because I know Baltimore will take there. him. Mm-hmm. And I hate I, – I've, I've bitched and whined about this before. I'm going to do it again. I cannot stand the pre-draft fatigue that we get where if a guy tests bad, that oh, yeah. then makes him a bad player. Kyle Hamilton tested bad, and he is an awesome safety. Awesome. Right. Like – I, I agree. Was who was it? Was it a March Schlereff who said like, you know, being really good at the bench press doesn't mean you're really strong. It means you're good at the bench press. Sort yes. Of thing. Like, yeah. Can these guys make plays on the field? Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to give a player who like tested bad, where he's on who's still trying to be a good player. Um, I know David Bell, the receiver the Browns drafted. He did not. Like, how seriously do you take forty times? Not at all. Okay. Unless the only the only only exception I'll make to it is I will put a little bit of credence into a 40 if you are a wide receiver, because there are times where you will run go routes that are straight 40 down the field. Right. Um, but I also want to look at your shuttle time if you can change direction, because that tells me if you're a good route runner. Right. So the 40, I put very little credence into because there's very few times in football where a guy is running 40 yards downfield unimpeded straight. Right, right. Because Cooper Cup's 40 times a 4-6. Like, yeah, yeah. Speed, speed is overrated as a wide receiver. You need to be able to have great – separation is more important than speed. Yes. Like, I, I think it was Skip Bales who said this. There is no wide receiver in the Hall of Fame who ran, like, a 4-3-40 or faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's all about getting, up, yeah. getting open and separation is perfect. Now, I'll get more to David Bell when we talk about the Browns sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he had – he didn't, he didn't run a good 40 time, which I think hurt may have hurt his uh stock potentially but uh i'll get to that here in a little bit yeah. but no, yeah you're good. i agree kyle hamilton is going to be a great player and he's in the one place where baltimore is such a well-run organization a well-coached team they already have a great secondary they got marlon humphrey they still got marcus peters remember he tore his acl last year yeah um, deshaun elliott and chuck clark were their two safeties those guys aren't bad either like they're, yeah they're gonna they're gonna develop hamilton to be awesome and he can play down in the box he can play over the top it's insane. And they got David Ojabo too, which I was like, are you like he yes. fell right to them? Like, I'm like, yeah. come on. And hey. we we talked about this. Okay, we talked about this on, on Thursday too. Baltimore drafts well, but it always yes. seems like every year guys fall into their lap. It's like they don't yes. have to trade up. Mm-hmm. Guys just fall to them. It's it's insane yeah. to watch every year. And it's maddening because I hate them. I cannot stand right. Baltimore. But they did piss off Lamar by trading uh, his best buddy, Hollywood Brown. Yes. We're going to get into that because uh, the Cardinals traded up a, traded a first round pick for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the Cardinals did it for a couple of reasons. You know, they needed someone to obviously to replace Christian Kirk because they lost yeah. him for agency. And I think, you know, Kyler, what, you know, there are a bunch of rumors about Kyler Murray this offseason. And I think they, they did pick up his fifth year option, but mm-hmm. I think they're trying to keep him happy by they brought home one of his good, you know, Former his former college receiver, and mm-hmm. those two were so. I love one of the reasons I loved watching Oklahoma 
like with Kyler Murray, because their offense was just so explosive. Like mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown and CeeDee Lamb might be like my favorite wide receiver, like non-Ohio State wide receiver duo that I've ever yes. watched. Like yep. those two guys were so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Hollywood, I guess he was on that I Am Athlete podcast and he was talking about the trade and he's been a little outspoken about how he's used because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's a number one guy just with what he does. He's, no. he's more like your big play. I think he's more of a number three sort of a thing. slot, a slot guy, a guy you yeah. can hide in the slot and can take on a nickel or, or a linebacker. And... Cause he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's just really fast. Like yeah. he can beat you with his big play ability, but he's not the type of dude who, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's a great route runner. I, I just think you, you, you need to like the less you ask of him, the better he can be sort of I, thing. I think, I think what that, what would really work for them is if they do that, like Ty, like, you know how last year Tyreek started to run those little drag routes. He would just, he would literally go from one side of the field and just drag to the other side of the field. Cause eventually he's going to get separation with his speed. And then right. you just get in the ball and let him turn up. Like if you, if you allow Hollywood to do that, then that, that is where he can succeed the best. Right. And he's going to be playing on the, you know, on the same field as uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I believe they brought A.J. Green back. But A.J. Green's not the same A.J. Green, but he's still a productive player. And they also have Rondale Moore, to at receiver. So, guys, you know, teams are going to be more focused on Hopkins, without a doubt. Because yeah. it's not a coincidence that the Cardinals, they were a lot worse without Hopkins on the field last year. Yeah. Um, but kind of skipping ahead, uh, we don't have to talk a ton about some of these dudes, but uh, Texans take uh, Kyan Green, lineman from uh, A&M, next. Um, the commanders get uh, John Dotson from that one surprised me a little bit. I don't, I think Dotson's gonna be a good player. I was surprised that he went in the first round. Yeah, me too. Me too. All the mock draft I saw had him go because I kept seeing he was a, a potential candidate for the Browns at uh, 44. Yeah, I think he was a stretch. I think he was a stretch in the first round. Uh, you get the Chargers who end up taking Zion Johnson, guard from Boston College. These Great are the two pick. things I'm gonna say. Chargers need an offensive lineman to protect a yeah. uh, franchise quarterback. And mm-hmm. any offensive lineman that comes out of Boston College, I trust. No, they've done two years in a row. They got Rashawn Slater at left tackle. Now they got left guard in Zion Johnson. Rashawn Slater was a beast. Yes. And so if this guy can just hold his ground, hold his water yeah. in the middle, uh, Dustin Herbert's going to be a very happy guy. Right. Um, the Titans. Let's talk yeah. about this a little bit in depth. So Titans trade up to 18 to get uh, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Basically, they didn't want to. They didn't want to pay AJ Brown, mm-hmm. but they they drafted his replacement in a very similar guy in Traylon Burks, who's also a big physical receiver. Yeah, his his comp immediately like was pick. was AJ Brown. Like they showed it, right. and it was like this is the comp right. of what he has. Right, and I think Burks is Burks was another guy. He he didn't test well, so like he was kind of sliding because people thought because I, I think he didn't run a good forty time or something and. I think one of the things was he was just so big and Matt, like he didn't run a lot of routes out of Arkansas. Arkansas were just, you know, kind of just get him the ball sort of thing. So he's, it, it might take him a little bit maybe to develop, you know, become a good route runner, but I think he'll be a good player. Yeah. And, and uh, AJ Brown goes to the Eagles and they immediately sign him to a hundred million dollar deal. Like immediately. It's, it's crazy that they call him a veteran because they're like, he's played three years. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy. But you know, the Titans don't want to pay him sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know if, if what their cap situation is, but I'm like, you know, a, this is almost like a win-win because this could be like, in, in the perfect world, 
this could be like a, a Minnesota situation where you trade Stephon Diggs and then you draft Justin Jefferson. Yes, and it all works out. Yes, because you're paying, you know, you're no longer paying Stephon Diggs his big salary because you know you had Adam Thielen's contract and mm-hmm. you're paying Justin Jefferson pennies and he's just as productive as Stephon Diggs yeah. was, if not yeah. more. Uh, the Saints at 19 end up getting Trevor Penning, that big bully offensive tackle yeah. from Northern Iowa. Um, you, another great pick, you know, because they lost Teron Armstead to Miami, so they replaced him right there. And then at 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers take Kenny Pickett from Small Pitt. Hands. Hey, he's got bigger hands than a lot of things, okay? So <laughs> this is what I'll say about Pickett. Um I obviously didn't expect it. Everything I heard was talking Malik Willis. Yes, everything I heard was the buzz. Is if Malik Willis is there, they're taking Malik Willis. Now, this is what I'm thinking as I'm as I've digested it the past couple of days, and I've really taken it in and thought about it, and I've seen more videos come out. And I don't know if you saw the Tomlin video when he actually made the call to Pickett that they were going to draft him. Oh, I didn't see that. Now, the way that Tomlin looked, it seemed like, and I'm reading the tea leaves here, so I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Tomlin was so high on Willis because Tomlin didn't think Pickett was going to be there. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So I think that they did their scouting on him so much because it's like, okay, Kenny's not going to be there. He's in their backyard. Like he yes. played a bunch. They share a stadium. Like Yes. So you can't and, – and and so I like you could watch – if you watch the video right before the call, he's like giddy. Like he's like, I can't believe this guy has fallen to us. Oh, okay, Let's okay. go get him kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I – like the pick, um, I do think now he fits into. I saw another tweet that was uh, obviously I've been taking in as much of it as I can. Um, he fits like the Bill Parcells, all five things you need to draft a quarterback in the first round. Like has played over thirty games in college. Um, you know, has been a captain two years. Has graduated. Has done all this. Um, he is like twenty four. So like you yeah, worry he's like two days younger than Sam Darnold, which yeah, is crazy. It's it's insane. I don't know if you worry about it as much, but you're right. He does he knows the conditions. He's played on Hein literally on Heinz Field, not yes. just like a couple times has been there. He's played in the stadium mm-hmm. um multiple times. Uh and another Tomlin quote, he was like, We scoured the nation to try to find the next guy, and the next guy was right down the hall. Yeah, so like Matt said, you know, you weren't gonna let a really good quarterback prospect got a pick get away from you two times when yes Dan Marino sort of so thing. uh and I think and we're going to get into it once we finish up the the uh the first round um or, or get close to finishing up the first round they get him a good compliment uh in George Pickens in the second round which was really really good yeah um, great pick mm-hmm. I'm a little salty about it because you guys as we've discussed do this amazing job of drafting wide receivers in like the second or mm-hmm. third round like yeah whether it, it was um juju or chick claypool yeah we got uh deontay uh, johnson mm-hmm. uh and we never we never re-sign him either we let no. him walk after the first contract which is insane so i think that's what they're gonna end up doing with deontay which is the reason they went and got pickens is right. they're not gonna re-sign deontay and just let him go but well, at least you're Brown's gonna... the only guy you've actually paid and well we know how that worked out yes <laughs> so and let's you not talk james about washington him. Uh, we do, but I think his contract's up after this year, and I don't think we're going to bring him back. And I don't right. think he wants to come back. He didn't play a ton last year. He was kind of the odd man out. Um, but you get you 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 surround Pickett with um, second round pick last year and Friar Muth, uh, yeah. or third round pick at second third. I think it was second second round Najee pick and Friar Muth. Najee Harris in the backfield who has shown that he belongs in the league. 
Um, and hopefully they can dispel a lot of his usage rate with without having Ben because he got the ball like 60% of the time the Steelers were on offense last year. Right. Um, Pickett brings a little bit more with the Canada system, the under center, mm-hmm. the play action, the like there's a lot of when he was at Pitt, he was able to move the pocket. And um, I was listening to Booger McFarlane yesterday on Rosillo's show, shout, shout out Ryan Rosillo, uh, where he talked about um, like the arm talent obviously jumps off with guys like Willis. And you look at like these big, huge arms that dudes have, but you can't teach accuracy. And that's kind of what right. Pickett has. Pickett's not going to stress the ball down the field like a lot, but he's going to be able to put the ball on the money, whether it's in the pocket or whether it's on the run. Um, I've just seen enough of the vision and his ability to get the ball into where it needs to be that I'm not saying he's going to be some elite dude, but I think he's going to be okay. And I think he can develop into something great. And the floor is very high for him. You just worry about how low the ceiling is. I agree. And he does have a fumbling issue. Well, that's the hands. That's the hands. And you know, when it rains, those gloves get slick and you can't hang on to the ball. That's true. You know, Miles Garrett's licking his chops when he hears about a guy who oh, fumbles a up. lot. Shut up. You you had to bring in Miles Garrett to that, didn't you? Well, I'll, I'll bring more into when we talk about the Browns, who the Browns drafted. Yeah. So, uh, so um, let's kind of sprint through the rest of this uh, and, and try yeah. to go kind of go quickly through the 20. So Kansas City gets uh, Trent McDuffie, cornerback from Washington. Um, thought they would go wide receiver here, but I think when Jamison Williams was off the board, they kind of went away from that. Green Bay, shocking, gets Quay Walker from Georgia, another Georgia defensive yeah. player not going and getting a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and the saga continues of no first-round draft picks for Aaron Rodgers. Have you heard about this? Have you have you seen this? Have you heard about this? The only number one – or uh, the only offensive player that the um, Packers have drafted in the first round while Aaron Rodgers has been the starter has been um. Jordan Love. Is that because I know Mercedes Lewis was the only ever first round offensive player he's ever played with? Yes, Jordan Love is the only offensive That's player that the, that the Packers have drafted under I Aaron Rodgers. I guess Rodgers really wanted Traylon. He really liked Traylon Burks, and mm-hmm. they tried to trade up for him, but you know Tennessee beat them. But they, they did get their receiver in the second round, Christian Watson, who he's a big, fast receiver, but he doesn't have great hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Buffalo gets Korea, uh, Car Elam. I hope I'm saying that correct as well. Elam. Corn, yeah, Elam um, from Florida. Okay. Uh, pretty good pick. Yeah. Dallas, Matthew Tyler. White. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas uh, gets Tyler Smith, offensive lineman from Tulsa, trying to rebuff that offensive line. Uh, mm-hmm. You then get hmm, Baltimore at 25, trades back, or yeah, they traded back originally. Uh, and then they get their center, Linderbaum, who was probably arguably the best interior yeah. lineman of this draft. Yeah. Um, and they just don't miss. I mean, they literally no. don't miss on draft picks, and I don't want to keep talking about it because I just don't like them. But. They just don't have a lot of receivers now. I mean, we're trading – I mean, yeah, they got Mark Andrews, who's – you know, Lamar looks to – you know, with no Hollywood, he's just going to look to Mark Andrews now. They may um, just go full flex bone and just run the yeah. option the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, were the Bengals the next pick after that? No, the Jets at 26 taking Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I like State. that pick, too. The Love last that pick. you alum. Mm-hmm. Love that pick. Uh, Jags get Devin Lloyd from Utah linebacker. Great um, pick, too. Packers have another pick. They get defensive tackle, so they go heavy defense first round uh, with mm-hmm. Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. So we see another Bulldog taken. Dogs on that, de- yes. on that front seven. 
New they England still got some good guys in defense currently. New England traded back to get Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Really weird pick. Yeah, I think a really big reach. But hey, I'm not Bill Belichick, so I don't know. Yeah, Belichick always, you know, he's he looks at things differently, and, and this will probably end up working out for them. Yeah, uh, Kansas City at thirty. Okay, uh, ends up getting George Craftus, um, and I think they traded up. To, yeah, they did. Uh, they were going to be 29 and 30, so they ended up trading up. Another pass rusher to compliment Frank Clark. I mean, yeah, they still got Frank Clark because uh, – Yeah. And, and they already got Chris Jones. And I think, you know, their pass rushers to blame because they had Burrow wrapped up a handful of times and Burrow was able to get away. So they're yep. clearly trying to – you know, and they're trying to work on their, their second – you know, their defense has been what's kind of holding – always, you know, been holding them back to a little bit. Uh, Bengals at 31 get Daxton Hill. From mm-hmm. Michigan, now he's listed as a linebacker, more of like a nickel corner. Yeah, at uh, Michigan, he played a lot of like that hybrid. He's like a hybrid safety. He can cover mm-hmm. a slot receiver, and he can also cover like he's a really good player. Like he was, a, I know he was a five star because mm-hmm. I remember Michigan got him. Yeah, um, I think the Bengals are going to try to convert him to corner if they can. If they can do it successfully, yeah. he could be a really good outside they guy. They drafted another safety in the second round, and Matt from uh, uh, Nebraska, who's I can't think of his what his name is. I know he has a hyphenated last name, but yeah. Matt told me that that guy was going to play corner. Oh, okay, okay. So, so they're um, and I mean, even if they have like more of those hybrid guys, like they have, like Daxon Hill is a, he's a really good uh, hitter inside the box. Like he can right. he can come down and make tackles. Well, it comes um, down to because you know they have Jesse Bates and yeah. are they going to re-sign him? Because that was what I'm like. So they are you guys not going to extend Bates? Matt yeah. still thinks they are, but we'll, well see. And- they also just signed Hilton, and Hilton is a really good nickel dude that can, yeah. that can play down in the box. So, like, a lot of, like, outside presence for the Bengals right now, which is really good. It gives them some more leverage or maybe trying to extend Bates. It's like, well, you know, you, you know, we, we got – so you already got your replacement potentially sort of thing. Yeah. I could be completely wrong there. But. No, I mean, you're right. And then the last guy, number 32 in the first round, we get Lewis Klein, linebacker from Georgia, and the uh, the draft in the first round ends as it began with a Georgia defensive player being taken. God. They had, like, more players on their defense taken than some, like, conferences had just total players. Like, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, they so good. It's insane. It was stacked. Like, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Klein – Big dude uh, can play inside very well. Um, and so, Ryan, before we get off of the draft, uh, go ahead. Give me your Browns because Browns didn't pick in the first round. So I want well, you to go ahead. pick in the me... second round either. You know, <laughs> we love making deals with Houston. Yep. Which it tra- I understand why teams trade down to get more picks. It kind of sucks as a fan because like, man, because you, you, I'm like, man, I got to wait even longer to see who we pick sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we drafted Martin Emerson Jr. from Mississippi State uh, with our first pick in the third round. I was a little so I was shocked and um, I was like surprised and that's something I wasn't because I knew they were going to draft the corner. I just was not expecting them to take it with their first pick because they have some other bigger needs mm-hmm. which they address with their second and third picks in the second round. Because yeah, Denzel Ward, you already got you already know who your starters are. You just extended Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. He's a first round pick last year, so on his rookie deal. But you still have Greedy Williams and Troy Hill. With them extending Ward, that means Greedy won't be back after next year because this, this is his fourth year. And Troy Hill signed a four-year deal last year, last offseason, but it was voidable after the, the first two – the last two years were voidable. So it was pretty much a two-year deal. So they, you knew they needed to get another corner yeah. just for depth purposes. 
And Martin Emerson's a six foot, he's six foot two. He's a big physical guy. He's long. I mean, he's a three-year starter at Mississippi State. All the analysts, like Mel Kiver seems to think it was a great pick. And I know reading Brown's Twitter, people are like, why don't we take a corner? We don't need a corner. Well, it's like you're thinking down the line. Like, yes, yeah, in the yeah. draft, you have to, you know, like with in 2020, the Browns drafted Nick Harris at center, knowing that J.C. Treader, he was going to be J.C. Treader's replacement, and we released Treader this offseason, so we got his replacement. So mm-hmm. down the line, Emerson could potentially be a starter. You know, he may not, he's not, probably not going to be a day one man to make an immediate impact, but, you know, I think it was a really good pick. And then we got Alex Wright from UAB for our second pick. Yeah. He's a great, he's like a linebacker. He's a, I think he played some linebacker in college, but he's listed as a defensive end. So he's got a, a, another good pass rusher to compliment Miles Garrett. I'm going to assume that we're bringing Jadavion Clowney back. Yeah. He's, well, I read, Dude from UAB, sorry not to cut you off. I'm going to get a little Go technical ahead. with you if you don't care. Uh, we Go call ahead. one we call one of those dudes an anchor dude. He's able to play down on the line. So if you're going to go forefront or three front, he can uh, right. he can be on the field. It just makes you more versatile. Like right. having one of those dudes that you know can come off the edge and play with his hand in the dirt, but also if you need to flip it up and you need to go more of like a, a pass set kind of thing on your defense, yeah. you can bump him out to play outside. So uh, – you know, yes, that I thought I appreciate that because you know more like X's and O's. No, that. yeah, you're good. Yeah, we, we call that dude an anchor guy, uh, at okay. least at least in our system. So, uh, and and when you don't have to, when you can make your anchor, uh, both a rusher and play in space, that's really really big. Right. So I really like I really like that because I did see some like mock drafts were projected to land him because I knew we needed another we needed some more defense alignment because. Outside of Miles Garrett is our best player, but his position was kind of our weakest because mm-hmm. it's what I keep reading is the longer and longer Clowney stays unsigned, the more the more likely he'll end up back with the Browns. And yeah, and everyone kept I kept reading the Browns trading down right there. They must have been really confident that they were going to bring Clowney back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and I think right may not I, I think he'll play right away, but he may not make a huge impact if, with because we're playing behind Clowney and alongside Chase Winovich. But I think down the line, he's going to be a really good player. And then with our 99th selection, our final pick of the third round, we finally got our other big knee was a wide receiver in David Bell. And yeah, I know. So I read some things that uh, he didn't test well at the combine. Like he did not have a good 40 time. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's coming off an injury, but like, because that's why I, I, you know, I brought up earlier, like you take yeah. 40 times seriously. But yeah. if you watched him in college, all he did was make like great. He was the most productive receiver in the Big Ten the past three years, and you know, I think yeah. it's the guys Ohio State had. Now the difference was he's playing at Purdue, and he was their only guy, so they were just force feeding him the ball. Mm-hmm. Like he played against Notre Dame uh, last year. He had he had a real like he had some really good games against some really good teams. Like yeah, against a, against a very very solid Notre Dame defense, and he yeah. didn't he have a pretty big game against uh, Ohio State too? Yeah, he had like yeah. ten catch like eleven catches. And for over like a hundred yards, mm-hmm. and you know he had like a two hundred yard game against uh, Iowa, and he had one against Michigan State too. Like, yeah, he's almost a, a clone of Jarvis Landry. He's your underneath guy. Like, yeah, he may not be the fastest guy in the world, but he can create separation, and he's got great. Greg Newsom, the Browns' um, first round pick last year, called him the best receiver he's ever like had to cover in college. Yeah, so that's, and he's that's trained with Jarvis, win. and yeah, it's a huge win late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have nothing else on this because we already mentioned uh, 
Pickens, which it's going to screw me up. Pickett to Pickens is going to really screw me up for a couple years. <laughs> yeah. um, like, like majorly if they become like a long time duo, uh, they get DeMarvin Leal from uh, A&M in the third round. The Steelers do uh, interior defensive lineman. Doesn't shock me either uh, because, and I mentioned this on Thursday, you're getting guys like Hayward that are getting up there. You're getting guys like to that are getting up there. Um, they had one of the Tunga Valoas, I think, down low as well, um, who got injured last year and, and had to sit out. Um, so I, I expect the Steelers with going offense, offense first. I knew they would go defensive tackle next. Um, I would be shocked if they don't go corner or linebacker, like an interior linebacker at some point. I really wanted N'Kobe Dean to fall, but he went like two or three picks before the Steelers took. I was surprised that he fell that far. I yeah. guess it's because he, he pulled off shoulder surgery and teams didn't like that. Well, and he's not he's not tall. He's not big. He's just like a bulldog. No. Like he can just play in the box, but he's not like a, a super tall dude. He is thick, um, as, right. as the draft analysts would say. Uh, <laughs> but he's uh, – yeah. So you worry about that a little bit, like the, the height and stuff in the middle mm-hmm. of the field. But um, if this, the, the, the one thing I want to leave off with the draft is this. Um, one of the guys out there that I see, and I don't want to put this out in the world because then it's going to jinx it, but um, we already mentioned Sauce Gardner. Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant from the other side, still out there on the third day. Yeah. I would love the Steelers to get him with 84 because um, he's projected to go 86. So if the Steelers can grab him to be an outside corner, not to – I don't want to say to replace Hayden, um, but right. to have, have another guy out there that can fill in because um, the Steelers struggle with for as good as they are getting uh, wide receivers. Um, Mike Tomlin, who is bread and butter cornerback defensive back guy, cannot draft defensive backs. And I think getting Colby Bryant late would be a really, really good pick for them because he was getting a lot of looks at UC with them cutting off the field with Gardner on the other side. Right. No, I agree. Um I'm interested to see who the Browns take. Like, because they got they have uh because they had nine total picks, so they got six picks today. So yeah, I expect them to take a running back today too. Same thing because this is the last year that they're gonna have Kareem Hunt on the team. So they're gonna need and they do have Dearness Johnson and you know Nick Chubb won't be there. I think they'll have Nick Chubb through at least 2024. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, because they met with a lot of running backs pre-draft process. So yeah. Yeah. And I expect, I'm expecting to draft a kicker, too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, and I want the Steelers to get that Ariza guy from San Diego State. He's a weapon. He's an absolute unit. Oh, that punter? Yeah. Yes, dude, he's <laughs> awesome. I love that guy. I watch his highlights, like, not religiously. I shouldn't say that, but every time I see highlights, I will stop and watch. He's freaking awesome. Um, no, I, I, no, I agree with that. All right, Ryan, before we get off here, we got to talk some NBA playoffs. So I'm going to kind of break down a little bit and just give us all a little snapshots on what we're doing, but we're going to start with the one that I know you're the most excited about real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Milwaukee able to disband with Chicago. Okay. Uh, not shocking. I was more shocked that Chicago kind of played in a couple of those games. Um, right. But uh, you know, just the I fact knew- that like once Chris Middleton went down, you thought the yeah. Bull- or the Bucks were in trouble because it was one, one. And then mm-hmm. Giannis was just on another level. I mean, he's a freak. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a reason they call him the Greek freak. He's right. amazing. I watch him do things on a basketball court that just dudes shouldn't do. Um, so like, uh, and when Levine was out for game uh, five, you kind of saw the writing on the walls that yeah. they took 53 threes. Did you know that? The Bulls. I did not know that. No, they took 53 threes Crazy. franchise record. And they only made 15 of them. That's awful. Wow. Um, they're going to go one-on-one 
uh, one on one with the great one. They're going to go head to head with Boston, who I'm going to turn the table over to you. Boston able to sweep Brooklyn out of the first round. And I know you've been chomping at the bit to talk about this. Not so much Boston. I think Boston defensively and they're gelling really well, but I think this goes to the other side. So Ryan, the floor is yours for Brooklyn. All right. I'm going to make this pretty brief just because I don't have much time. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn was a huge disappointment, obviously. I mean, I don't think people were shocked that Boston won. I think they were just shocked that they swept them. Like, Mm -hmm. and then just like, what would like, okay. That Harden trade was awful because you know, they thought they were going to get an impact player. Like Ben Simmons, someone could help them down the line. I mean, he doesn't even, like, he doesn't even play. Like, how did, you know, they, he was working to come back. And then, like, right before game four, was, oh, he's not going to play. His back's still bothering him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, what you know, your team's about to potentially, the season's on the line. You haven't played all year. You've been working for this. Why not just go out there? I mean, who knows what type of impact he would have made because he hasn't played all season. But at least show some heart or some fight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, and my, my biggest thing with Simmons is this, and it's not like I coming out of college, I did not think Simmons was like this crazy dude. Like I mm-hmm. I could I knew he was physical and I knew he was big, but he was playing in college basketball where like not everybody is NBA talent. Like right. If, no, you right, get, right. if you can get physical and big with dudes down on the block in the NBA, yes, that's impressive. But I just didn't know if he could do that. Now his passing ability is really good. His yeah. dribbling ability is really good. He's an elite defender, but the scoring, and that's where the league is at, is like you have to be able to score the ball, and his scoring just wasn't there. And I'm gonna make yeah. this brief as well. My biggest thing with this is not the short term with him, it's the long term of the league in general, because uh you're looking at a guy who is working the CBA to still get paid and right. file grievances and things like that. And I think that teammates and other players around the league are seeing it as hey, this guy, along with his teammate Kyrie Irving, are kind of screwing us for the next CBA because the owners are going to want to put in a provision that is, we're not going to pay you unless you're playing games. Because both those guys got paid an obscene amount of money to either not play for the past two seasons or Mm -hmm. only play half the games this season because of, you know, whatever Kyrie was doing. Right. Um, Like, Kyrie, I I forget whether it was this last year or the year before where he literally didn't show up for a game in Brooklyn, had no idea where he was. Like, Steve Nash was asked, he's like, yeah, we don't know where Kyrie is. Yeah, so it's – the the players are going to start to lose power in that sense of, like, we're not going to budge as owners if you're not going to play because we need to cover ourselves because we now have not only one but two case studies and maybe even three if you want to add Harden in there as well of guys that are not playing, still getting paid, and they're finding ways to get out of games and make a lot of money, okay, and they're taking away from the product. Um, Brooklyn was an S show. I mean, it was was an absolute dumpster fire. Um, this year, and I'm glad that they got swept. I am too. And Kevin Durant, you know, he was not very good this year. Like, mm-hmm. everybody blamed Russ for him not winning in OKC, but no one talked – because KD did not shoot very well here in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. forgets that Clay Thompson game in game six in uh, 2016, KD's last home game, where mm-hmm. KD shot terribly and Russ dropped 32 points in the game, you know, kept them in the game sort of thing. Yeah. Like – you know, Katie deserves all the criticism in the world, too. Yes, I agree. Like, it he's no a, longer playing alongside Steph or Clay. It is an older KD as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like you said, we don't have a ton of time, so let's just kind of sprint through this a little bit. Miami is able to take out Atlanta. Um, Trey Young, I'm not sold on Trey Young. I'm sorry. No, and it may just be I'm a prisoner either. of the moment, but I've never been sold on him. I think that he had one really good run. 
Uh, and I think he kind of ran into a bus all of Miami that nobody's talking about. Well, um, Miami's a very well-coached team, and mm-hmm. they they play very well together. Miami's they're, got great culture. Yeah, they're a lot like uh, heat culture, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're a lot like Boston in the fact that they know who they are and they play into that. Like they, there's, they don't have to search for who they are. Um, they're going to play the Sixers who, you know, I don't think he's going to be the MVP, but you know, potential MVP guy in, uh, in Embiid. Embiid. And that's huge. He's out indefinitely. Like, yeah, this is the, a huge win for my, like Miami right here. Cause can, can Philadelphia rely on Harden? Exactly. Harden has a history of not showing up in the playoffs. Um, the orbital bone and the thumb both bothering uh, Embiid, so he'll be out for a good little bit. You could see Miami take an early lead in the series and and maybe be too uh, insurmountable to to get over. Um, yeah. Uh, Phoenix is able to take out the Pelicans in uh, six games. Um, two things: I think that Phoenix is a different team with Booker. Obviously, that's not like shocking, breaking news. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have your leading scorer back, you're a lot better. Um, and I also think the Pelicans uh, punched above their weight class this year. Yeah, New Orleans, they fought hard. I, they're going to be – when they get Zion back, and Zion said that he would sign it an extension immediately, so that kind of puts ends to any rumors that he wants out sort of thing. They're yeah. going to be really good. Yes. Dallas puts Utah out of their misery. Yeah. Um, Utah's uh, just – Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they just can't get over that hump. Like, yes. you know, they had a great – Donovan Mitchell had a great playoff run his rookie year in that series against the Thunder, and they just haven't been able to recreate that sort of thing. They have the most regular season wins, I think, in the last five years, if you put it all together. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. something like them, the Raptors, and – Probably the Warriors. I think the Warriors, yeah, but I think they're number one out of that with most regular season yeah. wins. But, yeah, they just can't get over. I like Luka, and I really like watching Luka. Like, some of the ISO stuff gets a little boring at times. Yeah. But um, his ability to make to, to make really good passes and make everybody around him better is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Golden State ends up beating Denver in, uh, in five. It does look like old Golden State. Like, it looks like we have the yeah. Warriors oh, back. And, and they got Jordan Poole now who's balling out, too. Yep. Um, we get, again, I, I mentioned potential with Embiid, potential MVP. It's looking like it's trending toward that way. Jokic going back and forth, or uh, back-to-back, rather, uh, with the MVPs knocked out yeah. again. But he was really the only guy out there for him. Um, so there, his ability to get them in playoffs and get them uh, to contend with the Warriors is pretty impressive in itself. And a team that is limping right now, and I don't know if it says more about Minnesota or if it says more about Memphis, but Memphis is able to win that four to two uh, and take on Golden State. Memphis, man, I don't know what's up with them because they had an awesome regular season, and they are yeah. limping right now in the playoffs. I think I think Minnesota was just a really good like they have a yeah. lot of like they, they weren't your typical seventeen. They had a lot of really good like young players like mm-hmm. and Cat uh, Carl or. That, that's that same guy. Uh, yeah. Anthony Edwards. Yep. It's like D'Angelo Russell. They just got some guys who can just ball. Like, mm-hmm. I think, and Patrick Beverly just brought them like attitude, like something that they needed. Like, I'm so glad that he's eliminated. But um, mm-hmm. I just think that they were just a good matchup because they could also they could just match their youth sort of thing. I think yeah. part of what made them so good in the regular season is they had just a bunch of young guys. They could just you know outrun everybody during the regular season. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, it should be interesting to see how the second round goes. It's going to be electric. I mean, it's oh, going to be electric. I, I'm going to love to see how does Memphis play against Golden State? Can they get back to form? Uh, I want to see the issues that 
Uh, Dallas gives Phoenix, um, especially with Doncic. Uh, Milwaukee-Boston is going to be awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome series. Uh, and the 76ers, Miami really comes down to what we get with Embiid moving right. forward. So, um, uh, should be great. Should be great. Ryan, do you have anything else? I think we got it all, Mark. I think we got it all, too. Well, it was awesome. A lot of NFL draft. We're going to continue to obviously follow along with, with the rest uh, of the draft in, in day three and, uh, you know, looking at NBA playoffs. Not a lot of baseball talk today. Um, but we'll, I'm sure we'll get more back to that next week. The White Sox suck. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they are awful yeah, right now. Um, You'll get more baseball talk definitely next week. More baseball talk next week when we don't have the draft. But, Ryan, buddy, thank you. You have to go to work. I have things I got to do. Yeah, yeah you get ready. Yeah, it was great to get this in. So, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Remember to download, subscribe, rate, review, do all those things. Uh, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.